there used to be a porn house down in Santa Monica. And in high school, when I was a sophomore going into junior year, I went to see a movie called Plato's Move Up, which was, I guess there's a place where they used to have orgies, Plato's Retreat. In New York, yeah, yeah. So so we saw this movie and, uh, you know, like eight, uh, high school guys snuck into a porn and and it was like oh yeah we're gonna do this until and it's it's fun until you see like an older guy like my age now like sitting in there like oh, oh <laughs> like into it and I'm like, what's that guy doing you know and but that must have been the business problem with uh that's the problem with porn <laughs> but it was it was like you know whatever fred willard was up to that time yeah suppose, you know yeah well, he's old school. We're he was, he's old. Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to watch on the computer. Mary right. might come in. <laughs> he's not hurting anybody. Well, you know. Well, I don't know. I don't, you know. I don't know if you have far you shot. But then listen, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Like, listen, stop being gross. Let's talk about showgirls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have a little class. Let's talk more about showgirls. You are listening to proudly resents. Oh, reason. I, I can't even hear you. Uh, hi, this is Sammy Wazell. Uh, proudly resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam Biggest Men Show. To all you proudly resents listeners out there, just remember, you can't piss on hospitality. I want the official introduction wow you like that yeah i do that's jim wise <laughs> impressed very impressed taking off his pants which is awkward oh come on I, I gotta impression. i gotta be free <laughs> you want to talk to me it's gonna be the way i came into this world you came in with a shirt on untethered <laughs> i actually did come in with a shirt on. go to the pool that's right <laughs> well you know i'm adam speaking we're going to talk to jim about jim was or is in the groundlings or you- i'm an alum um, you know, once a growling, always a growling at him. Sure, it's, I would it's, it's just, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. Two-edged right. sword. Sure. Um, yes, but mo- and. But more of a, yes, that's and. Uh, but more of a blessing. I was in the main company from 1992 to 1999. And through that, you, you performed for the O.J. Simpson trial yes. jury. The jury was sequestered and they got entertainment. On the weekends, and we were the entertainment one Saturday afternoon, and it was a crazy experience. And we also want to talk about you were in Showgirls. I also, <laughs> so. one of the benefits for being in the Groundlings was it was a fantastic showcase for casting directors, and I got a, a fantastic role in the fantastic so movie. Let's Showgirls. talk about Showgirls. Okay, okay. We'll sure, the sure, sure, sure. What was your role in Showgirls? My, the, you, on IMDb. What is on, it? Uh, Cheetah Club Loudmouth. What, what was the role, and how did you get it? Well, <laughs> the role was the role was a guy who had uh, two scenes. The one scene, what's her name? Lintucci's up. She's a heavy woman. She's like the eternal figure of the strippers, and she does this routine where she has a dress that the part that covers her boobs comes down, like with an air pump, and she's doing it, and everybody's going crazy. <laughs> it's like it's like a piece of of vaudeville in this strip club in Vegas. So it makes absolutely no sense. She's doing this routine where she would flap her arms and the top part of her dress would uh, come down. And I got on a chair and said, hey, 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 pull your dress up, which was the actually a line reading that Paul Verhoeven gave me. Pull your dress up as opposed to the top part is coming down. 
let's see what's in the bottom part. So pull your dress up. And then she says, honey, with all these layers of fat, you wouldn't even be able to find it. I'd have to piss on you to give you a clue. <laughs> and, and that was, that was, that was uh, yeah, it's so gross. If you watch it, it's, it's kind of an awkward, awkward. In fact, I have friends that have given me shit about why, why did you say it that way? Let's say it again. Pull your dress up. Pull your dress up. Hey, 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 pull your dress up. <laughs> pull your dress up. Like, as opposed to down. And it doesn't, it's not, you know what? Why Why am I analyzing a line reading? Did you drive home girls? saying, pull your dress up? No. Pull your dress down. <laughs> pull your dress. I think I went, at the audition, I think I went, hey, 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 pull your dress up. Right. You know, yeah. and, and that's how I did it. At first on set, and then Paul Verhoeven comes up. No, put your dress up. Put your dress up. <laughs> so I did it that way. He was uh, he was chasing Elizabeth Berkeley around during that whole thing. That's what, what do you I mean? mean? He was like they were romantically involved. Like he was. Oh, that's how they that. they were way behind schedule. Uh-huh. And that I don't know if you could tell by the the quality of the. <laughs> oh yeah, it wasn't on screen. No. So, so they were behind because he was trying to sleep, or he was sleeping. He was sleeping. I think he was successful in his endeavor. Um, but anyway, so there's that one scene, and then, you know, I react like, oh, man. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, <laughs> and then the, the, the best scene that I'm, I can't wait for my kids to be old enough to see, I'm sitting at a table with two other actors, uh, this guy, Jeff Callen, and my friend Mike Schur, who Michael Schur, who's actually now a... A political analyst, which you know, he was. Everybody's trying to be an actor. This is 1995, I think. And uh, we're sitting at a table, and Elizabeth Berkeley walks by and says, "Hi, my name's Nomi. Would you like to have a uh, private dance with me?" And I say, full frame face, "Can I suck your tits?" <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> So that, uh, and then she says, you can't touch me, but I can touch you. And then my friend Mike Shore says, I know you want me to touch me, or something to that effect. And then we all ha, 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 laugh and drink our beers. So that's, that's, that was the Cheetah Club Loudmouth. How, how many days does that take to shoot? Four. And normally, you've done roles like that. It would be you're in and out it of the day. One, it'd be one day. Yeah. But they were, they were so behind. I think I was scheduled for two, just because of the... Locations and all, and they had a ton of money, and we shot it at Raleigh and, like I oh, said, here in L.A. It yeah, yeah, shot in Vegas. No, not that, not the interiors, not of, not that part of it anyway. Because um, Cheetah, oh, it's, Cheetah's the uh, club in in Los Angeles, but I guess there's one in L.A. Or oh, the, the one at the the Cheetah Club in Los Angeles is um, the, like a around Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, uh, East Hollywood. East Hollywood. Yeah, that's not that's the that's, that's not where that's, she was. Nah, come on. Listen, she's classier than. There's a classy gal. No, she was in she's the not post up. Now that that place is pretty small. Not that I know about every strip club in town, but I did grow up here. You so. you have your own Yelp for a strip club. I do. <laughs> that's right. Um, so they did have other groundlings in it. The guy who yeah played yeah the Patrick Bristow. Yeah, that is Patrick so- Bristow played Marty, the, the choreographer, and sadistic I sadistic choreographer. <laughs> he wasn't that bad. Um, he, he has a line. Uh, it's like. Uh, Higher, Nomi, higher. Not that high. And for, and I'm still doing it, obviously, uh, nearly 20 years later, 
I would, every time I would see him, I'd say, not that high. And it's, it's like our little in-joke that I don't think he likes as much as I do, but well, I love Patrick Bristow. In fact, I just saw him. He is in a, on, I saw the Transformers 4 this weekend with my son, and Patrick has a nice little uh, scene in the, in the opening of that. Also a choreographer. As a choreographer. No, as a, as a... Uh, owner of a theater in Texas somewhere, like an old timey theater. He was just yelling at her, like it was just so funny how butch the guy was in this in this thing, like how tough he had to be, and and not funny, like very. It was yeah, a, yeah, yeah, completely was, wrong type guy. Let's get a funny. I, I don't say straight, but like straight, like sadistic, mean guy. Right. Let's get a mean guy, and he's not obviously. No, Patrick's so, a sweetheart, and he's so it was really, he's a, he was trying hard. He's yelling at her, thrust. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> thrust, no me, thrust. <laughs> Yeah, not that high. I think that's a there's, there's a meme out there with of of him, yeah. like pounding the floor next to her. Um, but yeah, no, he's a, he's a great guy. He was, I mean, geez, he was at the Groundlings. Patrick was, you know, the king. Oh yeah. He, oh yeah. He was. He just knows his stuff. You know, he's uh-huh. he's a really well trained actor. I mean, he's, he's he kind of grew up with it. I believe his mom was a. a dance instructor or something like that so he's so he knew when he was saying thrust he knew what thrusting was yeah yeah he (laughs) He wasn't by the way the worst dancing in that in that show in that movie this how dare you sir this interview is over (laughs) i don't get recognized as as that guy that guy as if he's so different from me um (laughs) but i did get invited to a party like seven years ago at um you know mark cherry yeah, desperate housewives creator desperate housewives. And, and many others devious maids i believe and devious maids um, gregarious gardeners gregarious gardeners <laughs> that's funny um so i was invited to a party at mark cherry and he was uh, at mark cherry's house because he was having a, a viewing party of showgirls showgirls viewing party because kyle mclaughlin was on uh desperate housewives and Mark had never, and he's also, you oh, know, like one of the stars of uh, Showgirls. And uh, Mark uh, had a party where it was Kyle and um, um, uh, one of the, one of the strippers. Yeah, well, I think there's one blonde who, the, the, with the, oh, the blonde with the, the, the big. Blonde. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm, I'm I know. in that movie. Come on, man! I, I write G-rated material in this room. You're on Even Stevens. I was on Even Stevens. Yeah, I suppose they're they're fake, but uh. She was very nice. But anyway, we got invited. For some reason, they invited me. Like, they wanted right. another Cash person who was in it. Yeah, I think somebody must have, like, dropped out. So my friend, Mike Hitchcock, who also is from the Groundlings, and you would know him from all the uh, Christopher Guest movies. Right. He and I went to this party, and basically it was Mark Cherry with a remote control in his hand and stopping it wherever he wanted to and saying to Kyle, now, what were you thinking there? And then when it came to my part, he's like, well, what were you thinking there? And I said, well, I I wanted to suck her tits. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking. I mean, I was I just, know. you know, because as an actor, you really just have to, it's not really acting, it's reacting. Yeah. And when Elizabeth Berkeley comes to your table and says, do you want to? Anyway, was it a coincidence that there was a couple of Groundlings people in there? Were they looking for Groundlings? I think they, they, uh, 
Or you guys think just- actually, you know, it's funny. Have you heard the podcast that Adam Carolla and Dana Gould do? No. They watch showgirls and they and they do like a, a director's commentary, except it's uh-huh. they're being you know, so Corolla talks comments. during the movie, basically. Talks during the movie, and, yeah. and, and he's like, that's Jim? And he can't place my last name, which is a little insulting because we came up together, man. That's Jim. And he's like, I want to say Anderson or something like <laughs> Something that's like way off. I was like, right. why, why would you say that? But Dana Gould, Dana Gould's like, uh, <laughs> Dana Gould's playing Ewell Hauser watching it. <laughs> and they comment on, and like, yeah, yeah, he's, you know, he's a groundling. He's a lovely singer. And, uh, He's uh, like, oh god, well, they did they cast this whole thing off of Melrose? But it's, uh, I think, just me and Patrick are the only. I mean, just the fact that two guys, guys, two guys, a yeah, lot. they did, but, but they came to the theater. I was doing some show, and then I got called in, and I remember doing the audition, and the casting uh, person, I who I can't remember who it was, was not a fan of how I was doing the audition because I was being really loud and. And I was like, well, it says this is loudmouth, and here I am, and I can be loud. And but Paul Verhoeven was very, he was at my audition and uh-huh. he was very responsive. He was like, he's like, yes, yes. I think it was like, we need an all American asshole for this part. What and was the description of the part? Just a dude, all-American like asshole. a frat, you know, like I'm, yeah, you know, yeah, there's no, there's no denying my frattiness. Did you go out for a lot of frat roles? Um. Yeah, I guess so. In the day, back in the day. But what was he like on set? Because it seems like he's very involved for a guy with three lines. I mean, it seems like he's at the audition. Verhoeven. Yeah, yeah. He was. Yeah. He was like. He was very yourself. enthusiastic at this audition. That was one thing I. I took away. I oh, remember scoffing Elizabeth Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, when I auditioned, I don't think he was. In my mind, he was not yet having sex with her. But he was probably, he had probably planted the seeds of, you know, I'm sure he had met her. I'm sure they'd worked together. And maybe, maybe, you know, he'd he'd cast her already. Maybe they were getting it on. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's that awesome, like, before you're with a woman. And you're like, yeah, I get like, I guess it's kind of, I guess it's what they call falling in love. But it's, (laughs) but it's that feeling of like, Hey, I really connect with this girl, and I'm probably going to get together with her, and uh, I'm all excited. And he was at this point in his fifties, I'm guessing, so he was probably like, "Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah." But I gotta say, the Dutch are not very clean. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, nah, I don't want to say that, but he was pretty relative. Is he still alive? Is he going to hear this? Because yes, I, he's alive, he, and two, no, no, he's, he's not going to hear it. Okay, because I, I hear they're going to do Starship Troopers. Uh, three no i don't know <laughs> no but you know what he did starship troopers right after showgirls and my friend mike shore um like we should we should get in this it's a yeah. you know a bunch of young guys and and then you know you, you see how they cast they cast these you know models casper van casper and casper van Dien was not in the groundlings no <laughs> no no he was i don't know on the the uh it's on the uh c- c- Capri Coast or something on, modeling. I'll pause and you come up with a line. <laughs> he was someplace where models are. Milan, I guess. I don't know. You know, and then I, I've actually, it's not the first time that I've auditioned against Casper Van Dien. Is that true? I've Yeah, I, there was a part on, uh, what was that show called? Dharma and Greg. 
and they needed a guy that seemed like a wealthy, was like a cousin or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like I went in and I read for it, and then I like I think I was looking at the cat, like the sign in, mm-hmm. and like Casp, <laughs> why am I even? I'm I'm like a peasant. That guy's you know Did that is, is that before? royalty or something? It was the Van Dien throws you, yeah, 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 and the Casper, I guess too. Yeah, like. I mean yeah. this is. Okay, anyway, what now? Have you gone into auditions before where it's like, why am I the only white person in this audition? <laughs> no, not that bad. But but I have gone in where they're casting a huge net. Like it's, especially commercials used to be ridiculous. It was like every everybody in the in Los Angeles that has ever been on an improv stage or done stand-up comedy or owns a sport coat. <laughs> that you can push up the sleeves. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, you know, because I, I was, you know, auditioning. I guess I started in the late eighties, you know, for, for every, you know, whatever you can. Yeah. As an actor. And that's your job as an actor to go out. You were the opposite. I went, <laughs> when I lived in New York, I did uh, some auditions and I went in and everyone looked like me. It was like a row of guys who looked exactly <laughs> like me. And I was like, it's funny when, uh, when Ray Romano. Oh, uh, said, oh what? tell that story. Yeah. 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 He said, Ray Romano, we go in, we're working on the Arsenio Hall show and there's this bit where, Adam's producing and I was the writer on it and I went in with Adam and Ray Romano says uh, is there a little is there a little something to you and I looking alike to Adam so ladies I don't know what, what is this <laughs> ladies love Ray Romano I know that, was love really, Ray Romano. that was a cool everybody, moment hey you know what huh? everybody ah come, come on out. who doesn't <laughs> that's the new show who doesn't who doesn't that's the Jewish version of it. who doesn't <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Jewish, uh, it better be who, good. No, it's, <laughs> you better say rabbi or you're... Aaron Blitzstein. Uh, may or may not be Jewish. Do you know? <laughs> do you know this guy? No, no. He's funny, man. He's I follow him on Twitter, and he just he, uh, <laughs> he. I think it was him. He wrote, "I read the news today. Oh boy, oh. is the most Jewish thing you'll ever hear from the Beatles." <laughs> that is true. Such a funny line. It's probably Brian Epstein said it. Why? Well, because he took all the credit. Oh, he wrote it. <laughs> no, all right, Epstein, we'll give you one line. He's quoting. Yeah. He's quoting Brian Epstein. No, I don't know. Um, I'm imagining Brian Epstein was Jewish, right? Because he was the producer. His name's Epstein. Yeah, oh, because he's a money guy. He yeah. knew money. He was in the money, 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 money. Blah, blah, blah. Do you know my standard? I, did I do my standard Jewish joke for you uh-uh. about myself? Go ahead. My grandfather, on my mom's side, is Jewish. So technically, I'm a quarter Jewish. A quarter? Where? Where? That's the. <laughs> well, listen, I know, as a Jewish guy. Love it. Love every second of it. <laughs> it's wow. my standard when yeah. talking about religion. Yeah, I, but wouldn't, I wouldn't do it in a room full of Jewish Jews. Guys. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you say you're a quarter Jewish, everyone gets excited. They're like, oh, you're Jewish. And yeah. then you do that joke, and they're like, oh. <laughs> now get out. Right. Did you think I was Jewish this whole Never. time? <laughs> no way, shape, or form. <laughs> I was really shocked that you were trying to say you were Jewish. <laughs> I felt really embarrassed. Well, on set, was uh, Van Hoven, was he all over the place? Why did it take four days to shoot the scene? Was it yeah, a lot of he lighting? Would, he would, no, he would, like, uh, all I remember, and again, this is we're getting on 20 years ago, was where is he? <laughs> like nobody knew where he was, and he was like in her trailer, or, oh. or they were, you know, who knows? And then of course, if he was having sex with her, that's not that's not going to take that much time. It's the recovery time when you're that age, you know. Oh, he needs, I he needs a nap. Yeah, and then talking her into it. 
yeah. yeah, yeah. The talking air into it. And the, plus there's the language barrier, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In and out? Nosy. I don't know. Burger. Ins and outsies? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I like how you brought a, a guy to a Mark Cherry party. Well, you, you bring Sam no. to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was uh, he was invited as well. Oh, okay. And, and he's like, "Are you going to this?" Uh, yeah, I'm I got your wife didn't come with the shield. No, <laughs> stay away, boys. Huel Hauser, of course, was a legendary local. PBS, yes, who's uh, since passed. Can you do an impression of Huel Hauser? I'm Huel Hauser. I mean, is that, is that kind of it? That's pretty much it. Uh, you know those conventions of people who would go and do Huel Hauser impression conventions? No. Yeah, it was a while ago. Uh, I didn't like everybody to, like would go and... People would go and just do impressions of Huel Hauser. Now, he's gay. If he's not, he's got to tell himself. Someone's <laughs> got to call him. Because Dana played it really gay. Dana Gould does a very funny Huel Hauser. Yes, yeah, it's it's great, and he did local PBS show where he right, right. travel around California, right? And uh, which was a pretty interesting show. It was great because he just shot as much as he could and sold the footage. He owned all that. Is that right? He owned the show and he sold it, and it was cheap. Oh, apparently this is—I don't know if this is true or not—but he would always talk. It's him and the cameraman, right? And I think the cameraman's name was Jim. And he oh, would boy. say, Jim, come over here. Uh-huh. And people would come to Huel Hauser on the street because there's nothing really identified with the show besides Huel and Jim. Right. And they would say, where's Jim? And he would get <laughs> mad. His ego would get hurt oh, that boy. they're asking for Jim. Yeah. So is he just a news guy? or He was like a news producer. A and he came up with this idea of yeah. making his own show and selling well, it back to his people, well, his company. There you go. So let's yes. talk about uh, Groundlings. So how long Groundlings, were you in the Groundlings? Seven years? Seven years. Uh, two years in the Sunday company, seven years in the main company. And how did they... Uh, Long period of time. How did you guys end up with the OJ job? And what, How did they get approached and everything? I'm not exactly sure what the details were. All I know is that we were told we were going to do this Saturday afternoon gig and we could not mention anything about the trial. Uh, And there were a couple of scenes that we were doing at that time that pertained to OJ because it was, you know, it was a huge story. Uh, We were doing a, a, there was a scene where OJ and the Melendez brothers, Melendez, John Melendez, OJ and the Menendez brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I worked with Stuttering John uh, for five years. Um, OJ and the Menendez, Lyle and Eric Menendez are getting together 10 years in the future and and uh, joking about how they got away with murder and all that stuff. There's a, that scene. You can't There's, do that one. Can't do that one. There's a scene where Judge Ito does stand up. There was a scene where uh, instead of Nicole Brown Simpson making the 911 call where OJ has broken into her house, it was Kathy Lee Gifford and Frank Gifford had broken into the house. So it was like we had these. Who played Kathy, Kathy Lee? Uh, Jennifer Joyce, uh-huh. who is a, a funny writer and a good friend of mine. But uh, she and I, and I was Frank Gifford, but I was off stage. Oh, the whole that's time. great. Um, anyway, so we had those those three things. So we couldn't do those. Then there were some improv based sketches that, you know, you're improvising. If you're doing it in front of, can you uh, give us a, a weapon, like a knife? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can you yeah. give us a glove? Uh, yeah. an object, sunglasses, <laughs> bloody sunglasses. No. So, so anyway, so we go and do it and we have these rules and it was very, you know, very legal. Where were you in a hotel? Uh, no, no, it was in the, uh, Chambers? Yeah, a courtroom. 
Wow. It, not Judge Ito's. It was like down the hall, like one over. Uh-huh. And they were sequestered and they got, you know, shuttled in. And When did you realize that they were who they were? When I went out to do the first scene, which I don't even remember. But I do remember this. For the closer, at that time, <laughs> at the theater, I was closing the show with the suggestion of give me a movie that wouldn't ordinarily have a love song in it. And people would give me this, the movie and I'd sing a, the love song from that, that movie. Mm-hmm. On this day, uh, we, <laughs> our director, I think it was Melanie Graham, said, give me the name of a movie that wouldn't ordinarily have a love song. And they said, nearly in unison, The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, my God. And which, for the uneducated, the Shawshank Redemption is about a man who is wrongfully accused of killing his wife and goes to prison. Tim Robbins, right? So mm-hmm. so I'm like, well, that's weird that they all say. Apparently, the night before, they had movie night. And they saw the Shawshank Redemption. No way. Isn't that insane? Why would they let that? You couldn't do jokes about OJ, yet they watched a movie about, it's, at the very least, about prison. It is unbelievable. It's Wait. still to this. It's like, can you, I cannot believe that that, is, that, was that the, happened. Was Blockbuster out of major league? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the logic was there. But anyway, I... You know, I brought the house down with uh, my my killer rhymes. So, so who else was in the troop? How many people and who else was in it? There were probably like fourteen of us. Will Ferrell. Uh-huh. Will was in it. It was the year before he. Uh, gosh, he might have just gotten SNL right after this, but he was doing Harry Carey, and that was one of the improv based ones. He and uh, Steve Kahila. He's a funny actor. Uh, Steve Kahila and Will were. I think the suggestion was give us a sport and then do, they do some sort of play by play and Will's doing Harry Carey. That was funny. Karen Mariama was in it. Mike Hitchcock was in it. What were the jury like? What was their demeanor? Were they bored? Or no, they were, they were into the show. Um, I think, you know, it, it was weird because you do your thing, you'd be in your sketch and then you'd go off behind and you didn't have the, um, the, the way that the, the chambers were set up where the not chambers, the, the courtroom and where we were was pretty far removed. So you really couldn't tell. It wasn't and it's not like built like a theater where you can't hear Isn't like you backstage. Blackout. Yeah, well, we we're not to say blackout. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I believe they were in it. I, I remember that you know, not to so <laughs> be the stupidest thing to brag about, but they like that closing song uh-huh. a lot. You know, but that was, you know, but that the one thing when we, after the song, everybody comes out and we take our bow and it's like, you know, thank you. Thank you. And we're waving to them and they're waving to us. And there's one white woman on the jury and she like made special eye contact, like really moved made sure that we saw her and she was it was crazy she was like nodding and waving like like and i i could almost swear that she mouthed the words i know i know i know what i know he's guilty 
Wow. That's what I took it as. So it's kind of like you, you guys are like the humans from right. She's stuck right. with the, well, these people. We know what's go- I know what's going on on the outside. Kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Kind of like that because it was you know it was largely African American uh, jury. Uh huh. Um, oh yeah, what was the makeup? I don't think I ever knew that. Uh, I it was <laughs> it was all black people except for that one white lady. That are you being knew. serious? No, I, no. But mostly, I, I, would you it say was large. I think it was. Tw- Eight to four or something. Eight, uh-huh. eight. Every, I'm not exactly sure of the makeup, so you cannot. I will men, not be women? legally bound. No, 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 no. This is not a. Stop typing for one second. <laughs> <laughs> Stenographer. What? I didn't even see you. So was it mostly women or mostly men? Mostly women. Uh huh. Mostly African American. Yes, as I recall. I'm sure this is something we could look up. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. I wonder computer, if they came up computer after, right but right because at the time. I thought my computer was on for a second. Computer, you have your tape to tape in here. I have Where every, I have every you have your turntable. I have an eight, uh, four track right there. Uh-huh. Oh, every, I'm a, I'm a big audiophile gang. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was decidedly urban. Uh huh. Um, and you know what? When and I was working on Space Jam when the verdict came down, and there was a great mix of you know, whites, blacks, and everybody was getting along great you know we were all having such a great time and the day that the verdict came down it was this really <laughs> the rest of the day yeah it's just that it, it was just a bummer like everybody there's a huge disagreement i mean it's like no and it was all whites versus blacks i mean it was the still photographer on space jam african-american uh-huh. guy nice guy great guy we were good and you know we show up and oj is found not guilty and we're all commiserating about what a how crazy it is yeah and he's and he's like hey man he was found not guilty and in our you know he was standing up for the judicial system it's like oh fuck yeah come on let's have some common sense so that day i was in new york and i was a production assistant and i was uh picking up the uh prop master we're doing reshoots for a movie right and he lived in 30th street in a loft apartment so uh uh the elevator guy took me up he was a black guy he had a little tv in his in his elevator and he was so nice and like hey how's it going da, 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 da. i said we'll be down in like 10 minutes whatever so i get upstairs to the guy's loft and we're packing up his stuff and i said hey do you mind if we watch the oj verdict it's about to happen and you know i know this he goes yeah sure let's watch it so we watched it and because he lives in this tall building, is echoes of yays and nays uh-huh. going throughout New York City, uh, bouncing into his apartment. People actually said nay. That seems weird. <laughs> it, was, it was 1846. <laughs> I know, no, there was a lot was of booze, parliament, were but you, there were people cheering. Parliament, parliament. Yes, uh, tear the rip off the sucker. <laughs> That's Monocle amazing. Almost fell off. <laughs> and then when we went down the elevator. The guy was so like. Well, I'm, he was so happy yeah. about it. He was, yeah. his, his demeanor changed. Everything had changed. He was a different person. Yes. I was a different person from the way up to the way down. That is, yeah, it I believe it. Day. Yeah, it's crazy. Did you guys get paid for this gig? No. Oh, did we? I don't know. It was rare to get. No, we, the only way you can make money at the Groundlings is to teach or do industrials. And I guess that would be considered an industrial where, you know, you know, industrials where you take information from the people like the whoever the ceo is and you do a sketch about bob jackson you know and kind of make fun of the yeah it's yeah i knew a guy who would put the ceo's face on moses's body and he said i always get a big laugh out of that 
And he would show that at the beginning of every set he did. Yeah, <laughs> that would be, I guess, the ultimate industrial. I'm going to say something. I'm going to bring something up that I read last night. Did you ever read Blink? No, what is that? Um, Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, oh, the book. There's a website. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's this thing called a book before computers. <laughs> but I'm actually reading it on my Kindle, so. I'm a short person. I'm 5'8 at best. Three apples tall, let's be honest. <laughs> and uh, and I read that ta- the CEOs, for the most part, are all over six feet tall. Oh, yeah. It is rare in major corporations in the United States. Also black, very rare. Uh-huh. Women, really rare. But short people don't, don't get the uh, love. Wow, they don't rise. In business, in business, taller, you know, it's the uh, the Warren G. Harding effect. Do you uh-huh. know about the Warren G. No, Harding effect? That. He was this great-looking guy. He looked uh-huh. like, you know, very serious and bushy eyebrows and very manly and strapping and tall. So a guy, some, some other dude uh, saw him, and I'm pretty sure at this point they weren't referring to each other as dudes, but some other fella, gentleman, a gentleman uh, saw him like at a barber shop or someplace. He goes, "This guy's God. He'd make a great politician." So he turned this Warren G. Harding into a politician. Wow! And and he was like the brains behind the operation. And Warren G. Harding, and by all accounts, now we're finding out that all Warren G. Harding was interested in was fucking. Oh, really? Like, yeah. In fact, John Oliver had a really funny. Uh, if you watch that show, John yeah. Oliver had a, a great, I think it was two weeks ago, a great uh, uh, moment where he read some love letters that Warren G. Harding wrote to his neighbor's wife. So all this Warren G. Harding stuff is coming out, but mm-hmm. it's like the, the... He had no real experience. He, just, he had no he, real experience. He, he wasn't very smart. Uh-huh. He was just, he looked the part. Oh, and they call it the Warren G. Harding effect. So I'm just happy to say that I will never ever be accused of getting ahead because of the Warren G. Harding effect. <laughs> Me neither. You're fine. Thank you. Yeah, Thank yeah. you very much. You're good. You'll never make it. No, I work for... Um, <laughs> You'll never... Wait a minute. What? No, never... no, no, no. You're doomed. Uh, <laughs> sell the house now. I worked for the guy who was one of the first EPs of Entertainment Tonight, kind of made that show what it is. Okay. And he said that he would only oh, hire... John Tesh. John Tesh. Giant. Guys with giant heads. Ah. Uh. He said, the bigger the head, the more people trust. So I think you're fine. Okay, no. yeah. And no, then I goes, do have a gigantic John head. John Tesh, and then the guy replaced Steinus. Him. Yeah. Mark well, Steinus, a friend of mine. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> he said, the big head, people trust the guy with the big head yeah. to give him their news. No. They trust him. Yeah, they trust That's weird. Yeah. Why would you trust somebody? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're just drawn to him. Like, you can't stop Like by it. gravity. You know, like... Uh, as, yeah, <laughs> like Easter Island. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Like a siren. Right. Thank you very much. You got to open a door? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Adam, you guys can't see this, but Adam, and this will probably cut out, but Adam is sweating like a fucking pig in my office here. I don't know. I've lost three feet. Uh, so at the real Jim Wise to uh, Twitter and then at Proudly Resents, ProudlyResents.com. Wow, it's so nice out. You just open the door. Uh, go to iTunes and check out the show. Look at other episodes and see if you, interviews or movies that you want to listen to and suggest one on the comment section at our website to donate money for equipment and or for baby supplies as of now no baby yet
Adam, we're, we're out of time for this interview. Thanks for listening to Proudly Resents. Make a comment or suggest a film at reachadam at mac.com. Join us on Facebook or be old school and go to our website, proudlyresents.com. If you like the show, put the episode up on your Twitter, Facebook, stumble upon, dig, you know, all those things. Tell a friend, I'm Eddie Pepitone, and my Twitter account is at Eddie Pepitone.